Welcome to the podcast, From Crisis to Connection. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'll be bringing the professional perspective. I'm Jody Stewart, unlicensed wife, mother, daughter, sister, friend, and neighbor, and I'll be bringing the regular everyday perspective. We are all about relationship recovery, and we'll tackle tough topics like infidelity, abuse, addiction, pornography, and betrayal trauma. We also focus on helping you build stronger connections in your most important relationships. So thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. Welcome back, everyone. We're so glad you're here with us again. Before we jump in, just want to let you know about a free course you can download today called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. This is a course I filmed to give you a foundational overview of what it takes to rebuild broken trust in a relationship, especially in the wake of sexual betrayal. And you can download this course with a link in the show notes and give us your email address and we'll send it to you right away. It covers areas around what the betrayed partner should be doing, what the person who broke the trust can do, and then some information on how to work together as a couple, which is so challenging in the aftermath of betrayal. But we've got some answers there and some support for you. So go check that out. Hopefully it can be a support to you in your journey. Let's talk about today's topic. Here we go. We're jumping in. And this topic came from one of our members in our membership. And it's a great question, primarily for partners. And the question is, am I supposed to be finding compassion for this addiction? Mm -hmm. Which is, that's just such a great question. And there was a real struggle there, naturally so. Right. So we're going to spend the next few minutes just talking through some of that. Yeah. I mean, this is a question that comes up a lot because I think, you know, you you see stories of people with addictions that overcome and everybody rallies around them. Or you might have read something and understand that there's a lot of brain stuff going on with addictions, Mm -hmm. but this is not necessarily some woundedness, childhood stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's all kinds of why does this happen stuff that gets in the way and it just really tugs on your heartstrings like. Yeah. I know this isn't totally something they want to be doing. Yeah. Yet it's having a huge impact. Mhm. Yeah, and you might not be in a place where where you're feeling very finding that you're having any compassion at all. In fact, the word used in this question further on was I disdain anything pornography related. Mhm. And again, naturally so. So first of all, that's okay. It's okay at this time to not have compassion and it's okay to feel a disgust mm-hmm. for anything pornography related and not feel like you there's any part of you that wants to to caretake that that's okay yeah i think that's a really healthy response because you know just to sort of be like well i i'm okay with it and i understand where they're coming it really does i mean their anger is a protest mm-hmm. anger is a protest that says that like i'm not okay with this mhm and it would be very incongruent to respond in a way that acted like you were totally fine with it. Now, I've worked with people who have very different backgrounds and their energy level around pornography, for example, may be very different than somebody else's. But mm-hmm. the fact that you're asking this question, you know, this person who asked this question and so many that have talked to me about this, if you in particular feel really offended by this, it's really painful for you and you just are so disgusted by it. You got to start where you are. Right. I mean, you can't just act like, well, everybody else over here or this other person thought that, you know, that's not going to help you. Yeah. Knowing where it comes from doesn't change necessarily how it affects you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It can be, I mean, betrayal, when you feel betrayed, that's not necessarily congruent with compassion. 
you got to work through mm-hmm. through that initially. So, so first of all, if you're having, you don't have to find compassion somewhere. Compassion is something that will come organically if given time and the right circumstances. So you don't have to do a bunch of extra hustle to drum that up. Right, exactly. That's really important to be able to understand that if you need to just kind of let yourself be upset for a while, you you can give yourself that permission. And ideally, your spouse will give you that permission too. Mm-hmm. And not go into their shame or withdraw because it's too much. Their support in that regard can be extremely helpful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. I want to I want to go back okay, cuz I do I do want to talk about well, yeah, I want to talk about the the role that the person struggling with pornography can do to help with this issue because they have a huge impact on it, mm-hmm. I believe. But I I just want to for anybody who's wondering this, if you're sitting there and you're you've been betrayed and you're wondering like am I how am I supposed to feel about this? Am I supposed to have compassion whatever? I just want to honor the fact that that there is a part of you that is just kind and good inside. Yeah. That you know, you don't want to just be hating everything and everyone. Which is probably at the core of the question. Yeah. Something, I, where is the compassion? I can't find it. I can normally find compassion <laughs> yeah, yeah. for things, or I usually can like see both sides, or I can find it in my heart somewhere to care about pain and suffering. And I, I recognize this is a complex issue, but when it's had such a direct impact on your own life and you want this to go away and you're tired of it, or you've been blamed for it, or who knows what the story is. It's okay for you to say, I'm not going to give up any ground on this. Like, I'm not okay with this. I'm going to be firm about the fact that, like, this is not good. It's not healthy. I'm not okay with it. And that's an important stand for you to take. Yeah. And I think it's really healthy. And it doesn't mean that just because then somewhere down the road, you might care about your husband's childhood, or you might Mm -hmm. care about his struggle, or you might understand more about brain science and how addictions really work and all these other things that may fill in some of this stuff for you, you can still hold two things in reality, which is I can understand an individual impacted by this and all those factors and all the causes and et cetera, all that stuff. And I can also say like, I want nothing to do with this. Yep. This is not okay with me. Yeah. It's not a healthy way to deal with wounds and pain. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, we all have wounds and pains, mm-hmm. and we all also get to choose how we deal with it. Mm-hmm. Even if, you know, for a lot of people, they're like, well, I didn't get to choose it because I was a kid when I was first exposed, and I feel like I've never really had a choice. Mm. I think there's always a choice. Always, yeah. I mean, as a kid, sure, I can make room for the fact that you might, by the time you're old enough to start making you know, decisions, you've, you've got patterns and stuff. But at the point that you realize, do I really want this in my life? Yeah, as an adult. That's the beauty you of being an adult. It, you allow it. Yeah. And we tell our kids yeah, that all the time. A lot of responsibility there. Mm-hmm. That's the amazing part of being an adult. Yeah. You get to choose and you a lot also of freedoms, a lot of get to live with what you choose. Yep. So. Yeah. Yep. So do you want to talk about the impact of the partner, the person who's been using the pornography in this, in this particular situation with compassion? Yeah. yeah. It can be extremely helpful and this was referenced earlier, for a betrayed partner to have an environment that allows for their experience Mm -hmm. of the betrayal. And what I mean by that is to have a partner who is willing to let them go as deep as they need to go, Mm -hmm. to be angry, to be disgusted, 
to be upset to whatever degree, and even in in varying degrees depending on the day. It's a complete roller coaster. But to be able to experience that in an environment that says, yes, you've been hurt by me, and you're so angry today, you can't even look at me, I get it. And that's all. And there's often a fear for the person who's done the damage, like, oh, if, if I create that space, they're going to go down and never we'll come never back. never recover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you as the betrayed partner might even fear that. You might even worry, Sure, I'm experiencing a level of anger and hurt and disgust that like is totally new to me. And will I ever come back from this? Yeah, that's a great point. But what's interesting is the paradox is that when you're given permission in a loving, supportive environment, uh-huh. that's like a lifeline. That's like a rope down the cave. Uh-huh. You will come back from it. You don't want to stay there. No. But you have all this permission to be where you are and it helps you work through the process. It helps you ride the wave of the emotions as they come. And over time, given a supportive environment like that, the waves won't be as big mm-hmm. or as unmanageable and you find that you're able to to work through it and you don't end up choosing to stay in that place because it isn't pleasant and you don't want to stay there angry and bitter and right. disgusted. And again, another paradox is that a lot of the times when the person who's been unfaithful, the person who's who's caused the betrayal is trying to force compassion or force forgiveness. Yeah, be pushy about the process or what? Yeah. yeah Doug, I said I was sorry. Why are you still dealing with this? Yeah. Doug Weiss calls it the hurry up guy. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> perfect. Yeah. When you've got somebody that's that's in that place of like, you know, you should be feeling this or be nicer to me or don't you understand? Or they're, they're really kind of pressing this. The betrayed partner is wanting to be validated so deeply that their experience is real for them that oftentimes they'll amplify in response to that and make it bigger than they actually feel mm-hmm. as a way just to amplify it, make it bigger. Like, mm-hmm. can't you it see? It needs room. And it can create to, like a push-pull dynamic yeah. that takes both of them a place they never thought they'd go. Yeah, that's a great point. So if you want to turn down the volume on the whole thing, if you're sitting there, you're the person who caused the betrayal and it's a lot for you, lean into it. Yeah. Be compassionate. Make room, like you're saying, Jody. like allow your partner, ask questions. What's this like for you? Mm-hmm. I think it's in page 81 of, of my book, Love You, Hate the Porn. We have a whole list of questions in there that the person who caused the betrayal can ask that create lots of validation, lots of empathy, lots of space. And it's an example of you will actually calm your partner's nervous system down by showing them that you're not afraid to let them feel what they feel. Immensely. It's incredible. That is a powerful, powerful gift you can give Mm -hmm. that will help your partner and your relationship heal. And you're not doing it so that they'll be compassionate to you. Nope. (laughs) You're doing it because you love them and they need space. Mm -hmm. So we referenced this in the previous episode, but this is an area where you just need to let them be who they are and make choices as they need to. And just release yourself from trying to have any control over that other than supporting their process. Mm-hmm. Genuinely supporting it. Like Jeff said, not so you get something out of it, not because you want them to hurry up and change it, but just because they're somebody you love and they've been hurt deeply and they they need room. 
Yeah. So for the betrayed partner who's asking this question of, you know, where should I find some compassion or should I find compassion for this? You're in a process of moving toward acceptance. Acceptance and agreement are not the same. Right. So you never have to agree with this. You no. never have to say, oh, I'm so glad this happened in my marriage or I'm so glad that this, you know, there's no agreement. Or it's okay that you chose that route. Yeah. You don't ever have to agree with that. Mm-hmm. You can just for the rest of your life, just be like, this was pretty rough and I'm not okay with it. And it was painful and that's fine. But acceptance is different. Acceptance is I'm not allowing this to, I've had enough time with it. I've had enough space with it. I've had enough support or understanding of myself and everything else that I'm in a place of acceptance, which is you know no, on no timeline. There's no sort of pressure to get there at any certain point. But acceptance means it's just not ruling your life anymore. Right. You can kind of look at it more objectively and just make choices about what to do with it Mm -hmm. because you're done fighting it. Yeah. And then compassion, you know, whatever that's going to show up, you might have compassion for yourself and what you've been through and experienced in this, you know, and just being betrayed. You might start to feel some compassion for how deeply this has affected your partner, whether you stay with them or not. Mm -hmm. You might have some compassion for all kinds of different things in this whole process, which basically means that you're just, you've lost a lot of the bitterness and the rage and all that stuff. And truthfully, compassion does feel better. It does feel better to live in compassion. Mm -hmm. That's why I think while you're asking it, you know that there's probably a better way to feel than what you're feeling. You just have to be really gentle with yourself and recognize that as you do your work, you'll open up space for compassion. And it will feel better and you can get there, but nobody can tell you when you should get there. That's right. Nobody can. I think another thing that's worth mentioning is that compassion is directly linked to healthy boundaries. And as you practice and implement healthy boundaries, your compassion will increase. That is so true. And so as you're keeping yourself safe and healthy and doing what you need to do, not at anybody else's expense, but just because just to maintain your personal dignity and live with integrity and and as you see, you know, boundaries becoming important or areas where maybe you hadn't seen them or where you need to have them, practicing that will allow you to have compassion. Yeah, that is so true. Because so much of the anger is the fight usually to an unset boundary or Mm. you're feeling run over or you're feeling pressured. So for example, going back to this couple example, if you're a betrayed partner and you're, let's just say your husband is pressuring you to forgive, Mm. you can set a boundary around that. You Mm -hmm. can say something, for example, and we're just making this up on the spot here, but you might say something like, I'm not going to participate in conversations about me forgiving right now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, sure. that's not something you get to pressure me with. I'm not going to. So if you want to talk about forgiveness, you'll have to do it with somebody else. I won't be participating in that. And so then you back out. So the second it starts up or the comments start, you can leave the room. You can, you know, stop texting. You can, whatever the format is, you can just disengage from that. And when you don't have to manage that anymore, like you're saying, Jody, mm-hmm. your heart won't be at war anymore. Right. And then you can start to feel things that you've not had room for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other examples of what that might look like? How boundaries can create compassion or create space to feel compassion? Examples. I kind of put you on the spot there. Yeah, you did. Because I'm 
just thinking about it in terms of principles right now. So, well, I mean, if just on a general level, I guess, if you're having repeated interactions with your spouse that are where you're feeling pressured and you feel like your boundary needs to be that that you don't engage, that as soon as it comes up, you're going to get in the car and go for a drive. That just creates, I mean, and that's kind of similar to what you just said, but it creates safety for yourself. You know that you're you're not going to go down a road you don't want to go and that you're communicating to your spouse that, that that's not going to be okay and that you'll, you'll re-engage when that's off the table. Then that just allows you the space to be who you need to be mm-hmm. and be where you need to be. It invites a culture of respect too. Yeah. And even though the other person may not be respectful in that moment, you're stating with a boundary like that, you're, you know, because respect is a precursor to compassion. I mean, it really does allow the conditions to change where it basically says, we're not going to live in a, in a relationship where there's one person forcing another or controlling another or pressuring another. We're going to live in respect and I'm going to respect myself and I'm going to respect you in this relationship and just like not allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. And in that space, then there can be that will sow the the ground that will sort of prep the ground for other you know types of uh, experiences like compassion but if you're just constantly feeling run over and you're not respecting yourself or those dynamics then any kind of compassion you feel will will probably feel forced mm-hmm. and generate more resentment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll just share this along along those lines a little bit and it's slightly unrelated but same idea that several years ago i was really struggling in my relationship with my mom. And we were just having a hard time seeing eye to eye or working together, working things out. And so there was a, for a time, I just allowed myself space. I just kind of backed up. I, I would engage every now and then, but it was limited and I just needed space and I knew I needed space. And in the act of allowing myself to back off, I was able to sort through some things, work my own process, and then re-engage with compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that took several months to work through, but without the boundaries, without just allowing myself some space to sort through some things, then I, I would have continued to feel pressure from her, real or imagined that I should be doing it a different way. And once I gave myself the room, then I just was able to sort through things and work the process. And those feelings didn't stay and I didn't stay stuck and was able to re-engage again with compassion. So that's just kind of how that works. Yeah, I love that example. Yeah. So that whole question, going back to the original question, you know, how do I find compassion or should I find compassion for this? Mm-hmm. Definitely no should. No. that Because that's mm-hmm. forced. Do we want everybody to eventually feel peaceful and settled about, you know, th- hard things that happen? And absolutely. Mm-hmm. But through boundaries and through acceptance and through staying in the process and then and hopefully a supportive environment. And then a supportive environment, exactly. The, the, mm-hmm. the partner, if you're in a relationship, I mean, if you, if you end up leaving the relationship and so on and you have that space, then their response to you may never get a response from them that you know, is supportive. And that's fine. 
And you will probably get to a place in your life someday where it feels better for you to be in a place of acceptance and peace. But that's your journey and that will take a while to get there. Mm -hmm. In a relationship, you can accelerate that so much with a person who's broken the trust, supporting and validating and owning and accepting and giving you that room. So if your partner isn't giving that to you and you're in a marriage and you're working through this together, have them listen to this, but also ask them if they can provide that and just say, I need you to back off and be understanding and supportive and own the fact that this has had a deep impact on me and I'm not going to be happy all the time. I'm going to be hurting. And can you tolerate that? Yeah. And if they can do that from a place of compassion and understanding, because naturally they're going to be anxious and want to move on and feel better and have everything because they're so used to, especially if they've been in an addiction, they're so used to things getting a result they want. Yeah. This isn't that. No. (laughs) This is that. This is very uncomfortable. But this, this can move your relationship to a deeper, more mature relationship capable of true intimacy yeah. and thriving. Right. So hard work, but definitely worth, worth the, the hard work. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Okay. All right. Lots to, lots to cover here. <laughs> yeah. For sure. But thanks so much for listening and being a part of this. We love having you here every single week. And we'll catch you guys in the next episode. Yep. Till next time. Bye.